UFC 170 is in the books, as well as five grappling yesterday, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is just a lot easier from outside the cage. With me, the man who was at five grappling, the Thelma to my Louise, as we drive off this cliff of MMA I coverage. I would never drive Raffles. off a cliff with you. Never in a million years. No. I can't believe I got that far before you interrupted. I was like, I'm going to for sure get him right after the Louise. Kevin, you, you very much know. It's, it's very similar to my jiu-jitsu game, which is I basically let you make the mistake. <laughs> and then highly capitalize on that. So it's a lot less exerted energy on my part. But yes, yes, that was the big mistake, was the middle thing we call the waiting game. How was five grappling yesterday? Well, in addition to my wonderfully apt metaphor, <laughs> as a transition to jiu-jitsu, uh, it was awesome, dude. It's, it's cool to see so many people out there competing. The caliber match is always good. So th- the last time we went there, it was in November for an invitational so it was kind of a big production let's show you what it all looks like kind of deal with the five mountain round robin and the invite only folks for the different divisions this was a full scale tournament but with a little bit of an interesting twist they capped the entries at 500 they had gi no gi all you know traditional sorts of uh, tournament things, except every once in a while when you turned around, you'd see people like, oh, look, that's Andre Galvo. Oh, look. Over here. Is that Colin Hart from The Ultimate Fighter Season 17 just walking around? And, oh, wait, he's competing? Okay. Oh, look. Now, okay. Oh, they're all competing. All these people are competing. Galvo was teaching or coaching, and uh, we, we got an interview with him that was really cool. Um, Coaching there as well was Josh Barnett. Um, just really, really cool people. But uh, Colin Hart was actually competing in the event, uh, as was Keenan Cornelius, friend of the podcast. So it was cool to kind of look around and, and see that individuals who are competing and want to be at an elite level not only are competing at a place where they can get that experience to help them get to that level, but to also see the people who are those awesome people who destroying jiu-jitsu i watched keenan's match i watched one of keenan's match obviously because i'm a youtube jiu-jitsu whore <laughs> just as soon as it comes out and five is uh, again my compliments to them they're always really good about getting their stuff out especially the stuff people want to see which tends to be someone like keenan because it's a domination what was it like to watch it live keenan is just he's on a different level of jiu-jitsu it's Almost gross. Did you get a chance? Did somebody all of a sudden just buzz you in and be like, hey, Raph, why don't you just go fight this next match for me? I'm exhausted. Did anyone try that? <laughs> no, um, for good reason, I think. But <laughs> I, I love that when I'm watching jiu-jitsu matches happen, you'll be around with other people who want to be in the competition. I don't want to be in the competition. I want to drill the move. Like, if you see yeah. a move that's just so out there and you are both envious and in awe and amazed, you immediately want to go and try that out. And you don't get the pleasure of being able to do that right then and there. You have to wait the next day or, you know, whenever you train again. 
and it's it's really cool because you you walk away with different parts of learning different people's games and certain people like one of our buddies uh eric medina who we talked to uh i believe he won blue belt open weight no gi and this dude hit no less than four fireman's carries really oh not a traditional move you see very often especially for someone to hit it four times and the thing is from different opponents it'd be different if it was one opponent there were a couple opponents who tried it multiple times to like basically set him up so all he had to do was go yoink okay got it but i want to i want to go i want to go for the ride <laughs> oh it's, my god oh German. no that's the best transition ever because <laughs> i definitely to what i definitely <laughs> that's the, interviewed sorry, a that's guy crazy. who <laughs> when you guys see this video please know that this is me doing what I do to other people who are real. But there was a guy who we jokingly said kind of looked like Alexander Gustafsson. So I went to go interview him, and I didn't refer to him anything other than Alexander Gustafsson. He <laughs> just kept calling him Gustafsson. Uh-huh. And the well, dude... You enjoy the Colbert style of reporting. It is kind like of what I do. Especially Daily Show. And yeah. it's, it's the thing is you want to break up the super seriousness of a jiu-jitsu tournament where everybody's stressed out, everybody knows things are running late. It's just, it's always a, a murderous schedule. So when people win or when people do matches and they're all happy, you want to go and just have fun with them and, and to interact like this. This dude won four different gold medals. So he was in a good place to begin with. But when I was talking with him, turns out dude was some kind of European uh, he was actually Russian. So <laughs> cut to me interviewing him. And I'm like, hey, Alexander Gustafsson, how are you doing? He goes, very good. Thank you very much for talking to me. And I go, oh, no, you're you're not at all like the Swedish Holy kid. Holy shit, I, I wasn't. But you weren't far off. Were you? Like in the terms of Rocky villains, which oh, is how yeah. I measure people from other countries, <laughs> it's right basically case. the same. And I love that as I'm talking with him, I just go, uh, Wow, you're the Swedish wrecking machine? Is that what you are? And he just goes, yes, I am very much Swedish wrecking machine. Duh. That is me. Duh. That was very fun. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. The, the people at Five, they they really put their heart and soul into it. Yeah, there are a couple of small mishaps that were happening. But when you see the... Eh, yeah, I mean, it's a jiu-jitsu tournament. I don't know how you don't expect sure. that. Uh, terrorist activity and really like it was to the point where certain people were in a line for a long time certain like their system crashed for a little while but they pulled it together they got things going and the one thing I told people was that was maybe one challenge number one like that was your match before you make it to the mat so if you did congratulations you won your first match uh, if you can get through the weight but two people (laughs) when they come to jiu-jitsu competitions want to see high caliber jiu-jitsu and a lot of the matches I saw there, I felt were were solid, really, really good competitive spirit going on. And people just, you know, when I have a camera and I'm I'm filming, and I would love that there are eight different mats that are going on, and I could put the camera on one person, and then kind of tilt, and on the corner of your eye, you could see another group right next to them want it more. 
then you could see another group next to them want that fight that much more. So every time you turned your head a little bit, you saw another group of people just fighting for it and by proxy giving you good fights. So that's really all you can ask for at a jiu-jitsu tournament. It sounds like my field of dreams. Yeah, it is. It really is. You have to play catch with your father now. That's the only problem. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, I'll just uh, we don't have enough history for me to pick someone from that. It's like Braulio Estima is like, hey, Kevin, you want to have a catch? Well, like, what? You know, I mean a roll, <laughs> but you get it. It's a thing. It's like, yes, yes, I do. Well, I think he just goes, uh, son, you want to catch wrestling? <laughs> oh, dad, you're the best. Yay. <laughs> That's probably exactly how it is. I also was listening to Open Mat Radio mm-hmm. with our friend Paul Moran, mm-hmm. and he said he was going to be there. Did he make it to the five grappling competition? Yeah, sure, he was there. Why do you say it like that? Yeah, sure, he was there. I mean, that's a fact. I'm not really... Did you talk to him? Yeah, I talked with him. I did his podcast, uh, whatever, charity. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Could you go back a second? Yeah. You were just being super nonchalant, and I think you said something important. You did what? I was on his podcast. No big deal. It's cool. You were on his podcast? Why not? No wonder. I knew you had a tone, you cheating bitch. First of with all, your shut nemesis. up. No, it's not even... Okay, <laughs> I know you're trying to make this a big deal, but really what it You was. know I'm going to listen to it, Raph. That's oh, what you you knew you had to tell well, me. When the, were you going to tell me? You're the one that's I brought it up. up. This weird metaphor that now, if you want to take it, the next step is really you watching the video of me cheating on you. So live with that for <laughs> a listen. second. And well, listening, but yeah, no, no, no. It, the The podcast was fine. Here's the thing: Paul runs OpenMatRadio.com, a subpar version of whatever it is we do. And he is my BJJ podcast nemesis. Now, I could easily say no and be the alpha and go superior on him, but I take pity on him. And the little rinky-dink thing he calls a podcast. So I was like, all right, I'll cut you a deal. Fine. I'll I'll come on your podcast. Talk your little jiu-jitsu game. And, uh, yeah, I'll be on the first hour of your nine-hour podcast. Sure. (laughs) 14 hours and 27 minutes into the podcast, Raph gets into his training methods and what's coming next. It's true. So Have I told you I started that. doing a really shitty Paul impression, though? No, you did not okay. tell me. I assume – I guess I always assume you do at least some level of an impression. Oh, that's everyone. right. I did an impression of you on the podcast. <laughs> what? I did. What? <laughs> I just totally forgot. We didn't talk about that off air. I did. Oh, God. And- that's... Paul was crying, laughing. Once oh, I got good. To you because I didn't even really have to explain it was you. I just said, oh, you know, and when I talked to Kevin, I'd say this, and Kevin responds like this, and he laughed a lot, you know, like people do when I do my impressions in school. <sighs> Can't wait to hear that one come out. That high note coming of... out. <laughs> you know what the stupid part is? Maybe it was a trick on me. Maybe he just recorded a podcast that I'll never put up. Oh my god, if he does, I'm officially going to just every 4 minutes I might get his podcast tattooed somewhere <laughs> if that's <laughs> what he does. Yep. Especially if the impression never makes it to earth. You 
I was about to ask you high point of five grappling. What was like your moment that you were just like, oh, this is fucking cool. I also saw our friend Travis Nawaz was there. Yeah, Nawizzle. Don't ever call him that, though. I always make fun of him for doing that. We talked with him on an interview as well, so we'll have a video of that. Uh, Travis is insane. He's like a weird... In a great way. Yeah, in the right ways. In a really creative way. But he brought a team of like 30 people he's sponsoring. So, Jesus. Yeah, man. I mean, his his arm. Nuwaza shirts apparel. They're great. They do some really cool rash guards. Mm-hmm. And they did really well. So it was cool to hang out and talk with a little bit of them. And just, you know, they're they're really chill people uh, for many reasons. But they're really relaxed. And, and you can sit and talk jiu-jitsu with them for hours. And they're super creative and goofy. And I like the fact that. When you talk with Nwaza and the people he sponsors, not only are they good practitioners of jiu-jitsu, but they're just cool people. So it was good to catch up with him. High point, I would say, God, I don't know. I think God was there. God, he made an appearance. He had an open weight class. God swung by. He was fighting masters. You, you didn't want to roll with God. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll say I can't really narrow down to just one, but let's say a couple. Uh, one was doing the podcast with Paul, believe it or not. He was actually very fun, and uh, he's a big proponent of our podcast, and we know his exists. So that was one. Two was actually getting to talk with Colin Hart, who is a member of Tough 17, our Tough favorite. Tough 17. And uh, dude wrecked it. He was, he was really good. And for us, I explained to him, I was like, hey, man, you may not know who we are, but we definitely made fun of you all season during tough 17 and Colin in his true Colin way just goes, I know dude. I mean, it's all good. It's just, you know, it's cool. It's <laughs> a really good, we that is exactly it. what he sounds oh, like. Yeah. By the way, he, It's like scary. He's trying to conceal a smile as he talks always. And, uh, I think we got a good interview with him. He ended up, I think, bronze silvering winning. He did really well. Let's put it that way. It was somewhere in the bronze range. We're in the winning range. I'm pretty sure he won, but he had a belt by the end of the night. So there you have that. And uh, he was good people. And I think the other good one was obviously watching Keenan Cornelius um, do his nonsense. Who? Oh, 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 Keenan, friend of the podcast. Sorry, I, I get confused with all the names. Out there in jiu-jitsu. Sorry. They just get mixed in a sea of wash with me, but yeah. Well. And no one tried to tag team you in. No one was like, hey, Esparza, get in there. Well, I think most people, especially when they see me at a jiu-jitsu tournament, just figure instead of fighting a person, I'm just going to do stand-up. Like, they're going to come and rush in for a single leg, and I'm going to go, what's the deal with single legs? Am I right? (laughs) God, this reminds what is this? The Greco-Roman times? <laughs> yeah. Oh, was I that a beer you, uh... embolo? Weird. <laughs> I'd rather have a beer embolo <laughs> if you know what Hello. I mean. Hey, it's actually a great joke. Oh, going down for later. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> somebody who gets credit for that. I and do. That would be just a fun stand-up versus jujitsu fighter. Yep. So not bad. Yeah. Hey, we're more than just pretty faces. Well, I'm without question once again super jealous that you got to go to five and watch it. Uh, you you shouldn't see one yet. Shouldn't be too too jealous because um, they're going to be traveling all around. They're actually 
I think every month going to be in a different state. The next one, I believe, awesome. is in Vegas, and that is on the 29th of March. And that is all I know, but it goes everywhere or else. And they're going to have a national championship in Miami, I believe, toward November of this year. Welcome to Miami. Mm-hmm. Benvenido on Miami. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, wait. All shut right. up. Shut up. Shut up. Okay. Shut up. Up, shutted. Great. Uh, we have breaking news. No fucking way. Yes, fucking way. We can now reveal the two coaches for Tough 20. That is right. The Ultimate Fighter Season 20. Would you like to know who they are? Is it Tough Nations Part 2, Finland versus the... <laughs> it is not... Costa Rican Islands? It is not Tough Nations... <laughs> <laughs> Who are the upcoming coaches? The upcoming coaches are Gilbert Melendez and Anthony Showtime Pettis. Well, one of those guys I'm really excited about. (laughs) Why are you not excited about the other? How dare you? (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to say his name. I was like, (laughs) well, I'm excited about Showtime Pettis. I'm not terribly excited about Mendez. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it'll, it sounds I like a good it'll be... if they're if they fight, which they I guess should. Uh, why not? I think Benson would have probably been like a better tough coach. Just if you're picking a coach person with Mendez, I don't know. Well, I mean, this it's is fine. Right I thought he was after, headed over to Bellator. <laughs> Where is he? Right after Gilbert was making a big fuss about his contract and how Dana said, you know, fuck him. He doesn't need to be fucking here. Blah, blah, blah. He gets a contract from Bellator. They're offering him 250K, which the UFC has right to match, and they did. And he gets a spot as a coach on the Ultimate Fighter. So, wins all around. Snaps. Snaps. Well, okay. I I mean, I'll watch it. I'm going to watch Showtime Pettis. Yeah. Put the hurting down. The hurting? Yeah. Great breaking news, Raph. Thank you. We'll look forward to your reviews. Of said tough 20. I'm looking forward to doing them. Oh, the ultimate fighter. Almost old enough to drink. You ready to talk UFC 170? Yes, let's do that. Rafa Sparza UFC 170 is in the books. Mm-hmm. It's done. It literally, they can't redo it. Even if they even if they wanted to, man. Dude, the, why do they These put it fights... in the books? What is Who even reads books anymore, though? I don't know, but that's what I heard they did. Okay. Not the world's most... I loved it. I thought it was high octane, and I'm the new president of Mike Pyle's fan club. Okay. Why? See, I didn't... Now because I was of- being very, very responsible in doing reporting on site. I didn't get the chance to watch the fights. So I'm relying on Kevin's uh, not-so-great recollection of what happened. Yeah. Well, carrot cake can be... Very powerful um, viewing. Look, I saw every fight, and I took detailed and copious notes no, you that are. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I will run you through the fights, and we're gonna start up at the main card, and we're gonna start at the top: Rousey versus McCann in Livergate, <laughs> 2014. Raph, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. 
whenever somebody gets like hit internally or just gets punched in the face, do they ever reference the anatomy that specifically was rattled like internally? Um, it depends on the caliber does anyone, of the broadcaster. Does anyone ever be like, oh, yeah, he got knocked out due to heavy brain contusion and impact? Um, sometimes, I, probably not well-educated people. Never. They <laughs> never do that. So, Rousey lands a vicious knee. Just really deep and very hard. And um, McCann, McMahon goes down, holding her side, and everyone just was like, oh, it stops via strike to the liver. And that was it. That was pretty much the decision. It seemed a little premature. It was Herb Dean again, who looked a little gun-shy, by the way. Mm. You could see it in his eyes. Could you? You could just see it. <laughs> He's nervous about things. Um, Not a very entertaining fight. Okay. What and that's was how it, it ended. Was it just that there was over so soon that it was not interesting, or that it was just kind of predictable? I mean, obviously, when I told people, because we had the results that we were reading, because the tournament was still going on, but we read the results sure. to people, and everybody goes, who won, who won, who won? And we go, Ronda Rousey. Oh, of course she did. Of course she did. How? Not by armbar. What? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone like goes back into slow motion. We should it's remind like, everybody we were at a jujitsu tournament. So hearing yeah. Ronda Rousey didn't end a fight via armbar was shocking news. And she didn't, but she also didn't really get the chance. Yeah. She accidentally struck the liver. Oops. Um, and they knew it. Instantly, that mm. that's exactly what happened. Not much to say about the fight, but we can't wait to see Ronda fight again, right? Uh, well, it depends on who, because Dana White after said that Kat Zagano is naturally the next in line, but she's had some bad things happen in her life between her knee and her husband. So, no shit. They feel like she should be the next person to come in, but, you know, they're going to potentially see what's happening. The more interesting note is. Dana said he is Cyborg. now interested in having Cyborg fight Ronda. And Ronda said in response to Cyborg's, I want to kill you. I want to eat your babies, blah, 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 you know, all that stuff. She said, yeah. you know, uh, Cyborg knows where to find me. And I think they're potentially penciling in a maybe December date, or at least that's the one that Cyborg is trying to push in. So that'd be kind of fun to watch that. That would be fun. And in the meantime, I'm going to pitch Sarah... McMahon versus Miss Cupcake. Maybe let's find out who's the definitive fifth and sixth in this mission. Before well, we Misha has another, another fight coming minute. up very soon, so keep that in mind. She is fighting Liz Carmouche. That's right, and that's another battle of the. I couldn't quite hang out with Ronda. Sure. Next fight: DC Comier. Comier. Beats the shit out of Patrick Cummins. Was that delightful to watch? <laughs> well, it was fun. <laughs> That's for damn sure. <laughs> That's why I didn't have a problem with these fight cards because it was like the the exact and maybe it's me because everyone loved last week's fights and didn't seem to enjoy these as much. But it was like, oh, I loved it. I watched you. It felt like Daniel Cormier could have danced around him for three minutes, but was just like, fuck it, I'm gonna mow this amateur down and knocked the 
shit out of him. I mean, it really brought to light because I did see the I want to say the last minute of the round, but I saw the minute of the round. And it was so awesome to watch DC just take it to this guy who was talking shit about him. And, you know, we're all for having Patrick get a better life and a better career in the UFC. But I just thought the way that they were plugging it and promoing it was just not really interesting to me. And it made me actually jump on the DC bandwagon. And uh, DC, yeah, he definitely finished that fight. Like, he was ready for Popeye's chicken backstage. Just as a note to everybody listening, this (laughs) dude actually does love Popeye's chicken. And Popeye's chicken sent a bunch of food to him post-fight. How do you know that without having been there or anything? I pay attention. Shut up. I read things. Anyway. I have eyes, Kevin. One of us knows how to pay attention and the other one does not. By the way, that's awesome. Yeah. I wish Popeyes would do that for me right now <laughs> and any minute of the day. Just send me food for my accomplishments. <laughs> it's like, you sent a beautiful email this morning, Kevin. Well, I don't think you they would it. do that to you because you wouldn't really have much he, Well, I'll just take like a chicken life. strip basket then. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think Cormier, I think the bigger news about this fight is that Cormier is in line. I will – no, I think he's exactly where he was before it. I don't think he oh, moved I agree up in the least. There. I, the one thing yeah, I thought I don't of, think this helps him much. <laughs> when we were walking out and we were talking about the fights and I was talking to somebody and they go, oh, what do you think this means for Cormier? I go, absolutely nothing. nothing. We're back exactly to <laughs> where we left off. This was just a filler fight. What, what is he going to fight John Jones next? Probably not. I mean that's what he's hoping, but I don't I, I don't. I'm just know. saying John Jones is fighting Glover Teixeira. Yes, but I think he's willing to wait, and he's close. I don't know. Maybe they just decide they're like, fuck it. Just send DC in. I'll say this. Motherfucker didn't look skinny at 205, (laughs) so I don't know if it wasn't. As we saw him last night, and I said the same thing you did. I was like, well, oh, my God. Worst case scenario, he's no further apart than he is now. Like this isn't this doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. Uh, so it didn't really. And that was pretty much my take. <laughs> and as they left to go, it was like, well, does he get the two hundred five spot permanently? Because he really shouldn't gain that weight back. He looks great. Uh, yeah, he definitely looked like he was hungry. But I mean, not just hungry for a title. I mean, hungry. But good for him, man. I'm I'm happy for him. I'd love to see him advance. Like I said, I wasn't a huge DC fan until maybe this week, and I, I just got behind him, and I'm, I'm happy to see where he goes from here. And it'll be interesting to see what happens because Rashad Evans is out for six months now. So that's oh, going to kind of blow. But, oh, six months. Yeah. I hadn't heard the date yet. Yeah. Okay. Rory McDonald defeats Damian Maya in a horseshit decision. Not The decision was right. Rory McDonald won the fight. He won the last two rounds. Okay. Um, Damian Maya was exhausted. Just the, but here's the, here's how the fight goes. It starts out. And this was one of the few decisions on the card. It starts out and Rory McDonald is just getting really destroyed. Maya takes him down, gets control, has his back, takes a mount is landing strikes from the mount and then ends the round with his back. That's pretty much how the the round goes. Mm-hmm. It spent, I'd say, four or five minutes on the ground. 
Um, and you see Damian Maya had five minutes of control in the fight. That's how it goes. That's the end of the first round. If that's just, if you're grading it on a round by round, how would you score that with that description? Um, you know, probably the right way. Rory landed a few strikes, I think. Maybe one or two in before they went down. But then when they went down, which Maya took him down, he then held him down, took the mount, took the back. That's, in my opinion, Maya would win that round. Well, they had a 3-0 decision, like a unanimous decision for Rory McDonald. Wow. It was ridiculous. Wow. It was like, wait, and I'm sitting here telling you, Rory McDonald won the fight. Yeah. He absolutely destroyed him in the second and third round. You just very nearly, like, that it, can't believe he, he didn't knock him out. win it with the right number. Well, yeah, and I, it was just one of those, what? Who watched that first round and thought, yeah, Rory won it? It was just he didn't do anything. Okay, he was on his back. You like, sleepy during a round, and you just go, I'm going to take this one off. What? He won most of the fight? <laughs> he won. <laughs> I, you know what? That's probably the you know most when you're a judge answer. and you're just like judging's hard. <laughs> Ugh, nap time. <laughs> oh, you're making me feel better about this because I was fucking fuming. Andrew was more pissed than I was when yeah, I watched being the fight. Instructor, Andrew Correa, and good friend. Andrew Correa from BJJ Finder, nicely done. Thank you. Uh, and my instructor, yeah. Well, speaking of of your gym, there was somebody from uh, your gym. I think it was Rob. That said, Rob Acre, worst card ever. Really glad I didn't pay for this. Yeah, Rob's hyperbolic. I think he might have. First of all, he admitted to piracy because he saw the card, but then said he didn't pay for it. Oh, no. Second, <laughs> I know. I love this character assassination Second. you just did on him on our public broadcast. Second, he tends to be just a little hyperbolic and quick to social media trigger. Um, but he's not wrong. I mean, they weren't great fights. <laughs> so he's, it wasn't the worst card. It was uh, not a good card, though. Okay. Okay. Well, I just it was just quick. I mean, you're going to have to deal with him, so that's fine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and if you've ever rolled with Rob, you're intimately familiar with what I call forehead pressure, mm. which is really hurts. Mm. No. No, thank you. Yeah, it's not fun. Uh, next, I'm now officially president, as I mentioned, of Mike Pyle's fan club. I can't imagine there's anyone else, but I'll look on Twitter. Mike Pyle is 38 years old. Did you know that? 38 years young. 38? He looks like a 19-year-old, which is awesome. But he's out there beating the shit out of TJ Waldberger. Good for him. Wins in the third round via TKO. I mean, his fights are, are like frantic Kyle. and ridiculous, so I, I don't disbelieve that. Which is exactly how this fight was. It was uh, high action, a lot of striking. Oh, God. This fight also had one of the most gorgeous submission to defense strings I've seen in the UFC. Yeah. It was gorgeous. Describe it to get me. get a chance to watch? I really can't. Like, it's hard to <laughs> octane it out. It essentially transitioned from, like, a... Pyle was on top trying to make a pass to he got swept and then he ended up trying to like shoot a triangle from the opposite position. It got very hard to follow. But if there's a fight you want to go back and watch, it's this one. Sweet. This was fight of the night, in my opinion. It was the only one that was competitive. Mm. That's for damn sure. And it was a ton of fun. That's awesome. So I'm now Mike Pyle's my man. I love it. He joins Anthony Showtime Pettis and Carlos Condit. Nah, well, that's a Good company to be in. Right? I'm sure they're, they'll welcome him with open arms. 
Whitaker got knocked the fuck out by Stephen Thompson, which was right after I was making fun of Stephen Thompson. Because mm-hmm. he came in in like a karate gi. And I was like, oh, God, look out. And then it turned out he was a kickboxer and a badass. Mm-hmm. So um, apologies. And I would like to take that comment back when I mocked his entry gi. And I apologize. Nicely done. Wonder Boy. Well, Nicely those things happen. You do make mistakes like that. But, you know, I'm glad that you're able to recognize that. I do want to mention from the undercard, Alexis Davis versus Jessica I. Mm-hmm. That fight was fucking amazing and competitive and had every element of fighting. It had a lot of jujitsu, it had a lot of stand-up, a lot of pressure. Awesome fight. Mm-hmm. The rest were just kind of, you know... So-so. You can see the... Well, yeah, just kind of got washed out. Rafael Asunseo won, which I thought you would appreciate, because it's Rafael. I did, but it was tough to see him beat Pedro, who is our friend from yeah. Systems Training Center, who, you have to say, is pretty amazing that he would come in, take a guy who's that well-ranked at the last minute, and still do okay. It was a good fight. It wasn't like I mean I I don't mean to diminish it. It just didn't have a lot of competition at the end. It Asuncia sort of had control, but it was a good fight. Sweet. I agree, especially on short notice because you know that shit's nuts. Yep. Um, Aljamain Sterling wins a decision, and I just like saying his name. Mm. Aljamain. Uh, Josh Sampo got the again. You can see where I don't like decisions, and a lot of the undercard was decisions. <laughs> so, Savalasta <laughs> Makovatsky, Eric Koch won, and I feel like he's fought on every single card for the last nineteen. He beat Rafaelo Oliveira, mm. so goodbye, Raf. It's not a voting real against Rafael Team Raf split you. Yeah, but kinda. And nah. Chavez won by decision. Cool against Bubba's kind of Russian nemesis counterpart mm. did you like as an overall feel what would you grade that that pay-per-view Ooh, the pay-per-view uh, well C. let's know they say the entire card a C okay. like a C exactly not a C plus I do a plus minus system in my grading scale I'd say a C mm. okay what a because at least it was quick I mean it's one thing to be boring it's another thing to be at least quick so you cannot say these fights were boring because they went so quickly. Got it. Good to know. UFC 170. Great stuff. Ton of fun. I had a blast watching. Marcus and uh, Karen came over with Jerry and Andrew. We had a ton of fun. That's awesome. Uh, but, you know, it wouldn't truly be a UFC 170 recap unless we were to check in on the results of Under Over Kevin. And uh, in order to do that, I think we need to have Bubba McDaniel back on the podcast. Welcome, Bubba McDaniel. Once again, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Bubba, you know, you watched yesterday's fights, correct? I did watch yesterday's fights, but uh, I was actually working while I was going on. I got called in to, you know, do some more security work at uh, Ojos Locos in uh, Albuquerque. Hey, man, nobody's going to hate on you making money. So when you're doing that, though, when you say you saw the fights, you were also working, how does that happen? I uh, sit at the back door, make sure nobody goes in or out of it, and uh, watch the fights and make sure if there's none on the floor. <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah. I love it. As a former non-professional bouncer, I got a lot of sports in as well while I was bouncing. 
I love that Kevin likes to talk as if he was part of the industry with any significance. Yeah. I'm just saying Bubba and I are the same. That's all you I'm are not. Because we're just, we're just Yeah, we're okay. exactly the same in the sense that you'd be the guy standing behind me going, Yeah, yeah <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, we already yeah, we talked about this. I'm definitely not the uh instigative it's type. And also, Bubba, you know, we, we need to get your response before we get the results. Uh, I believe this will happen a little later in the podcast, but I believe you were called as the wife, or I'm sorry, the girlfriend of girlfriend. The house. He, he was very clear that it's like, not very serious. I'm a white girlfriend's girlfriend. Ooh, not what he just said. You're a girlfriend. Yes, in your two's relationship. I'm not a girlfriend. What the fuck are you talking about? You're pretty much my girlfriend. I'm not your goddamn girlfriend. You're my girlfriend. I'm <laughs> No, your dog. Your dog is your girlfriend. Okay. Green light, babe. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that is, yeah. You a true story. That is not a true story. What that is a true story? <laughs> Calling me babe and I'm the girlfriend? You're crazy. I'm the girlfriend. No. Uh, Kevin, our work here is done. Yeah, that was perfect. That breaking furniture sound <laughs> that you're going to hear shortly. That's just yeah. us pitching that TLC. Right there is your girlfriend. You cuddle with her. I go to my own bed, okay? <laughs> Thank you very much. I just said you're close to my you're you're close to my girlfriend again. No, that dog is as close to your girlfriend again. We're buddies. Listen, I know you're you're getting naked together. <laughs> there is a girl involved. Just saying, there's girls involved. I mean, there's a girl usually in the middle, but she's not my girlfriend. <laughs> If you're just joining us right now, you're hearing the voices yeah. of Buffett McDaniel and Frankie Lister, who are now just basically arguing over who's the woman in their relationship. So don't worry. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for tomorrow. the sound of a phone ringing with Bravo or FX on the other side. Just it's like, cool. We don't do another thing until we get a camera crew there. Kevin and I reserve Here's the all thing. producing People don't rights. realize listening to your podcast is all gold, especially when you call up Confidential <laughs> Fair, yeah. We yeah, might no. we might buy you a home phone just so we have a better connection into that, that location. I do I do love calling them at random and just starting fights with them. It's just like, did you not hear? This is what Bubba said. Yeah. Ooh. Or just call in and be like, um, yeah, Frankie said you left the trash out and that you're a douchebag. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> I don't I don't do trash and I don't do dishes. <laughs> See? Frankie cooks and then he and then he does the dishes. I eat it. Frankie uh, cooked in here, and he, you know, I keep the house clean enough, like, for my end, on my end of things. But here's the thing. There was never anything left on the coffee table. There was never anything, like, on the counters, anything, until I get back here. Dude, right now, there's one empty bottle, an empty glass, an empty mug, a damn laptop, a freaking iPad, keys, money, uh, bottle caps, all kind of crap, just on the coffee table, and the coffee table alone was clean. And he says that I'm the dirty bitch. <laughs> That's exhausting. This is going to be yeah. a show. This is this All right, Raph. Let's get to the results. Who won? Okay, Bubba, do you th- like give us odds? Do you think that you won this? I'm pretty damn sure I won. Now, why do you think you won? Says I won. Frankie Lester wins. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Chiming in nowhere, as always. I like I love that this is ruining all the magic of us recording first with Frankie and then with Bubba, because this will appear first in the podcast. But that's okay, people. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're just glad to have these two jokers on our podcast. 
Uh, like a simple memento. Damn be to logistics. Um, uh, Bubba, I can tell you one thing right now. What would winning mean to you? Winning would be dominance over Kevin once again, which means that he would be my girlfriend in this scenario. Ouch. Kevin, what do you have to say to that? I Well, I'd really like to win because I can't physically fly to Albuquerque to piss on their house and let them know that I have ownership in this relationship. Hey, did you um, that's just how I the do. neighbor's door? Nope. Oh, my God, it's funny you said that. Why? She said you want to pee on our house. Frankie, literally, the first week I lived here, he, goes across, he tells me to film him while he walks across the hallway and pisses on the neighbor's door. Then the neighbor comes out while he's doing this, and he continues. <laughs> and now she comes over and hangs out. It's really awkward perfect how it intro. happened, but yeah. It's a perfect intro. It's a housewarming <laughs> gift. It's really All right, Raph, who's cutting a wrestling promo for who here? That was the stakes. I have news for you, Kevin. Yeah? You are not the winner. God damn it. Are you kidding? I really lost. Bubba won with a correct seven picks. Versus Kevin's Shit. four picks that were correct out of many more fights. I will not embarrass Kevin by saying how many fights were on the card. But I will say this, gentlemen. Um, it was not even close. Oh, fuck you. It's okay. Fuck However, <laughs> it should also be noted that Bubba actually was the only one of the two of you to get one correct pick on the fight of the night or the performance of the night because Bubba went for thompson and noted he would be given a performance of the night bonus and he was uh, okay so bubba, start working on his goddamn video bubble what does this mean for kevin and what would you like to see out of this video i would like to see lots of flair like body flair you know things things along you know like a good costume i need a i need a good promo cut i need hand movement you know, sunglasses, weird hats, you know, strings on his arms like the Ultimate Warrior. Things, you know, along those lines. You know, it, it needs absolutely. to be great. And, I, and it needs to make absolutely no sense. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was never worried Mission about accepted. that. <laughs> Mission accepted. Mission accepted. And, and Kevin, what can, you, what can you preview for us uh, in terms of how your promo will sound? I think it's going to involve a Yeti costume and some exhibition of what the Bubasaurus stomp would look like. Oh, so is that, that the, the, the finisher you have right there? Yeah, that's it. There's your teaser. Mm, interesting. There you go. The Bubasaurus stomp. I kind of like that. That'd be cool. It's, it's, yeah. it's not bad. Um, I would like yeah. to say congratulations. The Bubba stomp. Bubba, you, you actually had a percentage of, I believe, about 55 60% accuracy. Yeah, on strikes not bad huh that's not bad it's it's above a it's probably the first passing grade he's received in quite some time nailed yeah. it oh ho, 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 mr <laughs> funny guy casa de la smash was not impressed by that joke uh, We're going to have to talk to Bubba again. We need to make this more. We will. And <sighs> Bubba, you know, I want to say on, on a very real note, yesterday I was at uh, Five Grappling. I saw Colin Hart there, and the first person who jumped to mind was call Bubba or text him 
for some things to talk to Colin. And we got a great interview out of him because of you. Yeah, I, I, I figured just that things that I would I was telling you were things that he would just automatically like drop his jaw like, oh, he really let that out. <laughs> And this is the way well, I dropped it on him. I just go, by the way, one of your friends uh, texted me some some questions to ask you. And he's just like, you know, in his true Colin way, he just goes, yeah, you know, sure. Yeah, let's, let's do it. And we're yeah. two <laughs> seconds into talking. And I go, Bubba McDaniel sent the following questions. And you just see him start to smile. And I ask him the questions. And I swear to God, after the first one, you saw his eyes just like go, because <sighs> it was about. Uh, Bubba says, ask him about killing babies and his obsession with it. And he just looks and he realizes he has to put that into words. <laughs> it was immaculate. So I can't wait to see Bubba it. really has been an all-star for the podcast this week, and we can't thank you enough, my man. Yeah, Bubba, oh, you're no winning. At, at Bubba the Menace on Twitter, follow this man. Thank you so much, Bubba. No worries, y'all. Hey, man, did you, give, did you send my love to Colin at least? Tell him that it was all good. <laughs> I definitely did, and and he sent it right back, man. He was he was so good, and he, yeah, I think he won uh, one of his divisions or something like that. He ended up with the championship belt, so he did very well. But he was he was very happy to hear that, and it was mutual. Yeah, that dude stout grappler. It was it was amazing to grapple with him at different times. You know, whenever whenever you go into the skill of just grappling, like that dude stout. It's pretty crazy. The one the one thing I thought that was a little nerve wracking when you said he created his own submission was when I asked him about it, I knew the next step was going to be him showing it on me. So I was a little hesitant. <laughs> I was, like, worried that that was going to get out whenever they created that first prank on us in the house, man. You saw his mode flip. It was so crazy <laughs> for a second. Because, like, we were calling him the Collins for a little bit, like, you know, making a joke. And then all of a sudden one day he just goes, you know, there's no S on my name, right? And we all, like, <laughs> looked at him like, oh, crap, he's really noticed. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. <laughs> don't ever do that again look in his eye and we were all like okay don't do that again Love it. we will not call you the collins <laughs> that's awesome no man it was yeah. good times and i'm glad you were able to help out even on that that was awesome no worries no worries yeah i got love for my boys back to team jones tough 17 even even the team dark side got love for guys on there too <laughs> it's good stuff my man Always a pleasure. Bubba the Menace McDaniel. Oh, always fun to talk to Bubba. And now that we've segued, alerted the hell out of it, should we bring on Frankie the Tank Lester, who obviously we uh, we talked about a little bit after, which gives you guys just the perfect amount of preview into what's about to happen. Yeah, it's it's really odd. Think of it as we came back from the future to give you this part of our podcast. Oh, that's a fucking great verbal tap to the future. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That'll be a great episode. Great rap! Verbal Tap fans, we have with us, and you come, we have Frankie the Tank Lester. Frankie, you come with a very, well, it's kind of a high endorsement. It's Bubba the Menace McDaniel endorsement. <laughs> How are you doing this evening, Frankie? I'm doing good, man. That's a, that's a, that's a lot of praise for Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I think he just likes your nickname, The Tank, uh, yeah, personally. Well, so, Bubba's my roommate, if you guys didn't know. We literally live together. He's pretty much my girlfriend, in a sense. Um, he's just the How, What sense? Girlfriend just I've to ever be clear. Had. I was going to... Okay. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> good step one. <laughs> the fact that he has a penis uh, really ruins our relationship, too. You know it's the 21st century. You gotta stay. You gotta stay open. Frankie, did you get the nickname "The Tank" before or after the movie Old School? That's a good question. I want to say after. How when was old, when did Old School come out? Uh, well, oh. stop answering with other questions because I don't know. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know what? I can't really be certain. I got the nickname in 2007. Um, so if old school was before that, it would be old school's then, 2003. Yes. Oh yeah. Will Ferrell, you went again. I just like <laughs> to think that you were doing MMA and also chugging beer. They were like, we got to call this motherfucker the tank for a lot I, of reasons. I mean, I still do that. Anybody who knows me knows. Okay. A great friend of mine, you might know him, Mark Miller. He was actually on uh, the ultimate fighter with me. He's one of my yep. roommates in the house. And we used, to, we used to drink at night. And, like, we wouldn't get hammered or anything. But, you know, it was hard in the house. So we'd have a beer or two. And uh, all the Brits would, like, talk shit and be like, man, why are you guys, like, drinking and training? And Mark Miller, he just used to say, if you can't drink and fight, you can't fight. That's a good point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if you, That's a if fucking great a man, T-shirt, too. If, if yeah. you can't be a man and drink some beers at night trying to relax and then wake up the next day and go beat somebody's ass, then you just can't beat anybody's ass no matter what. <laughs> what did our forefathers fight for if we can't drink beer and fight? <laughs> Absolutely. We're men what? after all. Damn yeah, up. Frankie, I should mention you were on Tough Season 9. That's the, uh, the part of the intro. Frank, you're also fighting on April 19th. In Birmingham, Alabama, people can catch it on Go Fight Live, or if you're in Birmingham, go watch the fights. Especially if you're, you're a chick in the Birmingham, Alabama area, you definitely want to come watch the fight, as I am single. Just going to throw that out there. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, let me clarify, especially hot chicks in the Birmingham area, you're going to want to head on down. And if you're listening to the podcast, don't forget to shoot us an email. Say yeah. hello. And also, I uh, like the boobs, idea that... Round butts. <laughs> There's also a dudes with money don't come see me fight part of this plug that you're doing that's also coming right after you said, no, 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 Bobby McDaniel is my wife. I don't think you guys understand. He is definitely shacked yeah. up with me. So, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're, taking, you're boosting our relationship up one notch more than it is. I said he is my okay. girlfriend, not okay. my wife. Oh. So if he shaved the if he shaved the beard, we could talk. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I love that's the ultimate deal breaker between the two of you. <laughs> just a stalemate after dinner every night. You just go unless you shave that beard, I am not putting out for you. I like to think it's more passive aggressive. You just put your head down to your like salmon crickets and are like, "I see you kept the beard again today." <laughs> Message received. <laughs> So, Frankie, yeah, pretty much. talk to us about your experience on the Ultimate Fighter 9. You know, Kevin and I are, are, are huge, huge fans. That's how we 
actually ended up meeting Bubba was because we mock the Ultimate Fighter as much as we can with good ribbing right. and roasting. But for you, totally. you know, describe what your experience was like to people who have never been on the show. And let's be real, probably won't. Yeah. Um, my my route to, to tough was, I think, very unique in the sense that I'd only been training. I'd only found the sport like 18 months before that. And uh, I got out of the military in 2006, right? And I moved from Germany. I, I, I like that Germany you're asking me. <laughs> what? Yes. I like that you were asking me. You're like, I got out in that year, right? Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, was that, well, you know, it, was it three years after Old School was made? Because if so, yes, it was absolutely <laughs> 2006. That's, yeah. Um, and I moved to San Diego, and I was bouncing at a bar downtown, and they still love to hit everybody who got out of line. You know, as a bouncer, you're not really supposed to hit them. You're supposed to just kind of snatch them up, choke them a little bit, and throw them up the back door. <laughs> I just figure punching them in the side of the head is a better tactic. <laughs> you know, you punch him inside. I head, was a bouncer, down, by the way. Drag him out. What's that? Yeah, you took a you took a more Patrick Swayze approach to bouncing. I took a more. <laughs> I have zero ambition to even talk to the guys. Um, I mostly use it as a way to just like look tough and meet women. I'm really glad that we learned that this is how Kevin would just talk to the guys. Like, guys, come on, please leave. Hey, really hey, be cool for hey, all of us, dickheads. There is a blonde outside that I want to get back to, and if you two keep being a holes, uh, so I'm saying you and I should start bouncing together. We'd be the perfect team. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll be the enforcer, and you're gonna have to Perfect. you're gonna have to go out and market our, our, our sexual palace. <laughs> That's right. right. That's I'll find people job. that look like Bubba but shaved, and you know my particular <laughs> proclivities. But I'm sorry. Yes, you like to hit people, and you were like, I should do this for a living. No, no. no. So my my coworker, this kid Jason Wessling, who was like a, he was a Navy EOD diver and a pro MMA fighter, was like, dude. No, you sure do like to hit people. Uh, well, you should come to the gym, see how, so we can see how tough you are. And I was like, yeah, bro, whatever. I'll come to this gym. You know, I was one of those dudes. I, I thought I was tough, you know. So I'll come to that gym. What's up? And uh, the gym was undisputed North Park in San Diego. And at the time, the team, the pro team, consisted of Brandon Vera, Wade Ship, Dominic Cruz, War Machine, Toby Mata, Ed Ratcliffe. And I got taken into it. <laughs> I'm sure Jason took me to sparring with these dudes. And I had never trained before in my life. Okay? And I just took these ass whoopings from, like, Toby Amata and War Machine and Gary Padilla and Brandon. And afterwards, I mean, I just got my ass whooped. And this dude, Wade Ship, used to be in the UFC a long time ago, still trains with Brandon. But um, he comes over to me and he puts his hand on me and he's like, Bro, you're not very good, but you're a tough motherfucker. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen anybody take that much damage in sparring before. <laughs> and I immediately, I immediately fell in love with the sport right then. And I was That's like, a compliment. That is great. I'm going to fucking get good at this. Like, this is what I want to do. And that was like, that was like early 2007, I believe. And I ended up making it on the show. At the end of 2008, and we actually started filming in, like, January of 2009, like, right at the beginning of the new year. 
so like I went on the show three and two, and my first two pro fights I fought at two oh five. It was just like this ginormous meathead who like didn't know anything. But I took like a jiu-jitsu black belt to a decision. You know, I lost, but you know, considering I'd never trained, it's a pretty pretty good step. And I finally started to cut the weight down, and I fought at 185 and won. And then I won like three in a row, and then I I ended up taking a short notice fight against uh, Lance Evans, who's on Tough Seven. I took it literally on 24 hours notice. <clears throat> And it was because I was getting, like, evicted out of my apartment. And they were like, oh, if you come, we'll give you four grand. But you got to be on a flight in, like, six hours. And I was like, oh, deal. <laughs> like, what's up? <laughs> I'm like, how much? Cool. That's a lot yeah, of blowing hookers right. right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great I manager. Could rent, and I could pay rent and have, like, a real party. No, but so, I, that's going to be a great party. manager you I have mean, right there that breaks that down for you in blow and hookers. It's like, well, I can tell you in dollars or our usual currency, blow and hookers. <laughs> I choose blow and hookers. I choose blow and hookers. I mean, he's like, that's about, you could get like three eight balls and three hookers. And I was like, and pay my rent? And he's like, yep. I was like, deal, let's go. Sign and, uh, me up. I took that kid I was telling you about, that dude Wade Ship, the heavyweight. Um, I took him as my corner because I called War Machine and I was like, hey, I just got off of this fight, but we got to leave in like six hours in Albuquerque against this kid in lane seven. She's some big black guy. Um, but Ryan said I can go beat him up and take his lunch money. <laughs> and he was like, no, you're an idiot. You're not ready. And I wasn't. I was like working in a strip club in San Diego at Hustler Club and like, <laughs> I was single and, like, having sex with as many strippers as I could. Absolutely. Unprotected, of course, you know? Perfect. That's the, <laughs> hey, hey, there's only one sure way. That's it. And uh, so I called Wade and was like, dude, we come? He's like, yeah, why not? Dude, we flew out there. By the way, I didn't know about elevation. I didn't realize we were, like, going up into a mountain and didn't find out until right before my fight when the Coleman event ended and the dude came in the locker room like, this elevation's killing me. I was like, what's that? He's like, we're at like 5,000 feet. I was like, what does that mean? He's like, the air's a lot thinner up here. You're going to gas really fast. And I was like, oh, well, cool. I haven't trained anyway. It should be all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I haven't been preparing, so I should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody in the locker room is just looking at me like, what? And, and Wade's like, bro, we're not going to warm up because you haven't even, like, trained in a couple weeks. Um, so, you just need to go out there and just try and take him out as soon as possible. And so, the fight starts. By the way, he was like, the fight was supposed to be at 2.05, but he didn't even have to weigh in because I just got there, like, a couple hours before the fight. And he he looked about 225, 230, and I'm, like, 190 with my clothes on. And, uh, <laughs> dude... I've never, I, and the cage was like six feet around. It was like smaller than my living room. <laughs> and, uh, dude, I just looked across, and there was this ginormous black dude standing across from me with, like, Rashad Evans and Keith Sardine and Greg Jackson in this corner. And it's just, like, me and my skinhead friend behind me. <laughs> and uh, who, Whose main like, advice up until this point has been don't warm up. <laughs> that's yeah, been his big I mean, contribution. That, that, that's it. He's like, you're just going to go out there and beat this motherfucker's ass. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. He's like, because if you beat his ass, that's $2,000 more, which means how many more eight balls? And I was like, 
yeah, bro, and we're going to need those eight balls when we get out of here. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so Focus. The fight starts, I'm, I'm in. Out. <laughs> the fight starts. I come out. Lance punches. I go for this lazy leg kick. I guess he punched me in the face really hard because I woke up a little while after that just on my back with this ginormous black eye just hammer-fisting my face. And everything was really warm. And I finally started to get up and realized, like, one of us had a ginormous hole in their face because there was blood everywhere. And then I realized it was my blood. And so then I started freaking out a little bit. And he tried to go for a standing guillotine, which is a bad idea because they just don't work unless you're like John Jones. And I just got all crazy and started kneeing the shit out of him. And the first round ended. And in between rounds, I was completely exhausted. My corner <laughs> looked at me. And he goes, you have no more cardio to do this. He's like, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to go out there. When they say fight, you run at him, you fucking scream, and you knock that motherfucker out right now. He goes, we got no more time and no more cardio. Go knock him out right now. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. And then he just started, like, we started headbutting each other. It was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so they say fight, and I literally, I, I like – Screamed like Bruce Lee, like, yeah! And I ran at him and like threw like a flying dropping kick, some shit, and he ran away. And I caught him with a big punch and I kneed him in the face until he went down. And that was it. And I and won you that fight. Win this fight, you win <laughs> and it I by. Won... <laughs> it says I won TKO it being... punches. <laughs> yes. I won it by being a crazy motherfucker in the second round. And uh, yeah, dude. So like that was. What are you looking at that fight? Like what date that was? That was like I'm gonna say October September twenty seventh, two thousand eight. Two thousand eight, yep. right? Yeah, yeah. it so says the it WP Warpath. Yeah, I got a, I got a phone call, like about four weeks after that, and they were like, it was somebody from Tough Productions, and they were like, hey, uh, this is whoever from Tough Productions. We're having tryouts. Um, in Chicago at the UFC 90, like that, the build up to that throughout the week. And that was like Anderson Silva, Patrick Cote headline that because I went the next day. So I went to, they called me and they were like, you should come to the trials. We heard about you. And I was like, all right, cool. So me and my Muay Thai coach and my friend Chris Cope, who ended up making it on seasons later, uh, we flew out there. And sure enough, they, they like, I made it through all the stuff and, they took me to interviews, and they started talking to me, and they're like, oh, wait, you're that kid who beat up Lance. And they were like, yeah. By we the way, we were like, I'm also staring at a picture of Lance, and he looks like, like a lot of hookers and cocaine. I mean, he's a big totally. dude. Yo, he's huge. And, like, if you, if, you, if you see me and you see him, like, it wasn't – it was a heavyweight versus a welterweight, that fight. It was, like, yeah. the biggest setup ever. <laughs> I mean, he was <laughs> – the fact, the fact that he didn't knock me out in about three seconds is extremely sad on his part. And I don't think he's fought since then, has he? Uh, well, I was just about to say, I was like, you were his last fight until April 08, 2011. He lost, and that's been it. And so this has probably I, been the most anyone has talked about Lance Evans' fight career in a decade. Yeah. Like, this has got to be the most. I mean... Yeah, he just apparently he just didn't have the heart for it, and uh, I I think I I kind of beat that out of him in that second round. 
because, I mean, he literally whooped my ass the entire first round. And I think he was just, he's like, oh, my God, how's this kid not dead? Like, I was bleeding everywhere. But, you know, <laughs> some some people have heart and some people don't, and some people have skill, which I don't. So I have to have heart or else I'm just fucked, aren't I? <laughs> so this, by the way, you should have a show on Showtime called Old Cool Fight Stories, <laughs> Frankie Lester. <laughs> and Raph and I can produce that. Um, he knows about all those other things, and I'll just sit there and laugh if that works. <laughs> Um, you're fighting, you sort of progress, you're in tough nine. And of course you have the crazy moment where you lose a tooth in your mouth guard. And then you are super pissed because they can't get your tooth out of the mouth guard and you want to keep fighting, which is genius. Talk to us about your getting back in the cage on 419 training with Jackson and what these, what this last year has sort of been like for you fighting wise. Okay. Um, so I moved out here to Albuquerque uh, last April. So it's, you know, it's coming up on a year. Um, Training-wise, it was the best move I've made in a long time. Albuquerque itself isn't the greatest place to be. but uh, What? <laughs> All but, seven people that live in Albuquerque that might listen to this are going to be super pissed. But uh, green chili burritos are amazing. And if you like. <laughs> there you go amazing people watching and retards everywhere. Uh, this is the place to live. Um, Woo. nobody knows how to drive. Everybody's hammered half the time. Um, Greg Jackson really is a real life Yoda, except he's extremely yeah. funny. He's got a really weird sense of like dry sense of humor, but like he's probably the funniest coach I've ever had. Um, Kevin and I are enamored off. by, his sense of humor because we, we get when he's being super dry, but yeah. he's also the guy who yells out, go get some Donald Cerrone. And <laughs> yeah, he's our favorite it. corner. And <laughs> he finds new ways to entertain us where we're just like, okay. And everybody who we've talked to from Jackson's, you know, be it uh, Tim Kennedy, be it Bubba always has a great, Greg Jackson's story. Do you have a funny story or example of him yelling out some nonsense or something that you're like, what the shit? Or is it just, I don't know. There's gotta be okay. some. Totally. Totally. By the way, Tim Kennedy, biggest bully ever. He like, he loves to punch me in the face. Like he literally, I'm pretty sure he daydreams at times when he's really bored about beating <laughs> up Frank Lester. And he probably does it like, in that same wig and outfit he was wearing during his Katy Perry video. <laughs> um, that guy's a genetic freak, and he's awesome, but he's an asshole yes. in the gym because he loves to beat my face. Um, Greg Jackson, <laughs> dude, so, all right, I mean, and this is just, like, one little example, and this happens every day. So, like, we were doing wrestling this past, like, last week, and, you know, <laughs> we're going over, like, how to get out of the clinch and, like, a shoulder bump to, to hike up hike up the arm to get the underhook. And he just randomly stops me. Like, so we're drilling. And he goes, all right, all right, everybody stop. Everybody stop. You're, we're all making the same mistake. He goes, let's make a circle. And he gets the whole team in a circle, right? <laughs> and he's like, he just like spreads his legs, puts his arm out straight, and like just starts sh- like shivering his limbs. And he's like, this is just like you guys do in the club. It's like the Harlem Shake. And he just starts shaking his ass and, like, shake. Like, he's doing, like, the black girl booty dance. And he's like, that's what we're going to do. 
That's all we're going to do. And then he grabs Demacio Page by the back of the head. And he's like, I'm going to grab Demacio. I'm going to hit my Harlem Shake. I'm going to hike up that earth hook. And I'm going to double egg the fuck out of him. <laughs> and, dude, I'm like dying laughing. I can't even take him seriously. But he's fucking dead serious. You know, he's like, just Harlem Shake that shit to get that underhook. <laughs> and I'm you like, the, dude. The, the dumbest part about it is. What is wrong with this guy? But he's hilarious. hilarious. The dumbest part about that is I see – what that does like now that i think about it and i would have never thought about it before but i'm like no i guess that is a good way to fucking get rid of that holy <laughs> fuck what's wrong with this man it, it's so i was just busy taking notes google harlem shake double leg <laughs> got it okay That's and just... it's like that every day man every day he teaches it's like he just finds like the the right analogy that works for the meathead retards that we are. Um, <laughs> he just, he knows how to like, he knows how to relay this information to us in a way we can understand, like the Harlem Shake or the Black Girl Booty Dance, you know, <laughs> or he's like Miley Cyrus, Miley Cyrus twerked that shit. You know what I'm saying? When you're trying to get out of the ankle lock. He's like, we're going to roll. He's like, we're going to roll. We're going to stick our other foot up their bum bum and then we're going to twerk. <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, what? <laughs> like, but but seriously, like, if you are in that neutral position, they have your ankle. You take the one foot, you put the big toe off his butt, you roll, stomach down, and then you twerk your booty, and then all of a sudden you're out. It's kind of genius. Genius. No, I mean, God, the method to his madness is so. It sounds insane. Like if it was any other person, maybe even any other sport, but it all makes sense here. Uh, we've always joked that we want uh, to interview him, obviously, at some point. But I've always thought that he needs to be on my sidelines as an interview coach. Because I feel like he would be like, whisper, he'd be like, now, 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 Raph, you got to really go commit to this question. Raph, ask him about his personal life. Get in there. Get in there. Just get in there. Just, it's yours. The interview's all yours. Live it. <laughs> And if you ask a great question, you're like, yes, sir, Rafa Sparza. Yes, sir. That was a great question. That's what we hope it's always One like. Day. I hope he's always like that at, like, the grocery store. If he just likes the beer you ordered. I hope he's always doing it. Yeah, he, he's a good How, dude. And then you got, like, you know, but you know the sport. Like, it's not just Greg Jackson. Like, Mike Winkletron is, like, the head stand-up coach. And that yeah. dude is equally as funny in a different way. But, like, the, the combination of the two, man, it's like they're, they're without a doubt. And I've worked with a bunch of good coaches. You know, I've worked with Hendo and a bunch of other people. And, like, they're the best coach combo ever, these mm. two. So, I like that he got a two-for-one with uh, Winkle John, where he got both a stand-up coach and a stand-up coach. Wait, what? I like that with uh, with Winklejohn, he actually got a two-for-one with a stand-up coach for stand-up fighting and stand-up comedy. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he got exactly. both. That, that's pretty that sweet. Awesome. <laughs> We've heard nothing but great things for that training camp. Now, how does that translate for your fighting style now? I know the last year was crazy for you, but I know that training in that camp from what we've seen for fighters has brought fighters to a different caliber. You know, you want to talk to us about that with your experience? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I think 
what I what I what I think sets Jackson's apart from other gyms that I've been to um, is the culmination. One, like you, like we were talking about, you have the two coaches, and then there's other coaches that are coming up underneath them, like Mike Malley and Coach Gibson. Um, you know, and then you got guys who come through, coaches like Ricky Wendell for wrestling, and it's just like dude, you have all these amazing people that that gravitate here, and it's just like it opens your mind and. You, like, at least for my stand-up, I'm more of a striker. Let's talk about my stand-up. Like, coming here, I've gotten so many more ideas and tools to use that are just so unorthodox, like working with guys like Carlos Condit, man. It, like, you see the things and the combinations he's throwing. Like, nobody else in the game is th- are throwing no. those combinations. They're and, like, so it's creative. The culmination of, it's the culmination of Mike Valley and Mike Winklejohn and Coach Gibson and, and Greg. And all four of them are always working and collaborating with their minds about, you know, how can we evolve our striking? How can we evolve our game? Like, it, it's just, I don't, I haven't seen that anywhere else in the country where I've trained. And I've trained at a lot of the major teams at some point. And uh, it, I, I definitely feel like my stand-up's at a whole different level. And being around guys like, you know, like I said, like Cowboy Carlos, um, John Jones, you know, me and Bubba's my damn roommate, like, you know, we're always, like, bouncing things off each other and, and, and trying to, you know, upgrade our, our striking. So I just think it's a very unique setting here, and I, you can't ask for anything better, honestly. I will ask, though, you know, when you say that you and Bubba are roommates, does training ever carry over to the house? Uh, <laughs> well, we call it Casa de la Smash for a reason. But it's usually because uh, like the Smash Girls together. Yes, and we call each other. We're the Bash Brothers, and <laughs> like girls don't come. Like ladies, don't come to Casa de la Smash if you don't plan on getting naked. Straight up. <laughs> and we we've had we've had those. We've had them come over, and they think that we're joking, and we're not joking. <laughs> like this is an enter on your own free will. Mm-hmm. Uh, establishment. It says it on the mailbox. Don't come in unless I mean, comfortable with nudity. I mean, the male lady has agreed. I just really hope you have a welcome mat that says that. Makes things very clear. <laughs> By stepping on here, you consent to stripping naked. <laughs> There's a little sign-in booth. It's just yeah, it's an iPad, obviously. I mean, it's the 21st century, but you um, sign in on the so way in. Actually, our, our motto for our house is on the door and it says the struggle is real and by the struggle we're talking about the struggle snuggle and that happens here <laughs> um, is the struggle snuggle like a wrestling match but more intimate because that's what it sounds like what's the struggle snuggle? Yes. Uh, the struggle snuggle means you know they can fight it but they're going to get snuggled okay okay <laughs> <laughs> Fight it all you want, ladies. It's going down. <laughs> oh, good stuff. You fight on the 19th. Who are you fighting? I'm fighting. I, I'm going to ruin this kid's name. Not Suzuki, that it matters. Suzuki Zapata. Hmm. I think that's a um, motorcycle. That's both Asian and I Mexican, person. so it's very confusing. <laughs> no, dude. I, I swear I think he's, he's like, Viet Japanese or something. Interesting. And uh, 
he's really tall and skinny, and he's a southpaw, which basically means I'm going to body kick him to death. Sweet. And he's probably stupid for fucking with an American on American soil. Like, <laughs> you shouldn't fuck with you me, do but you're going to. And I'm going to kick his ass, make some money, and then hopefully fuck his girlfriend. Sweet. That's a that's a good list. Hey, hey, hey. There's no hopefully on this podcast, sir. You speak in absolutes. Especially when you evoke you America in it. That's right. If you evoke America into this conversation, you better be fucking her on behalf of America. Yeah. We're going to little, put a little USA tat on your way out. Kevin and I are going to record a USA chant that we demand be played as you are sealing the deal. It's a combination of Lee Greenwood's USA and the national anthem. It's tasteful, though. I, it's tasteful. I was actually going Neil Diamond's America, but it, we absolutely, <laughs> they're trash. I mean, I I thought it would only be fitting to to, to blast "Sweet Home Alabama" mm-hmm. in Alabama. Ooh. Yeah. Of course. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. You know? I just didn't know are if you, you were hey, taking it back to. I, the... Oh, go ahead. I got a question. Are you guys on Snapchat? Yes. I'm nervous, though, about saying it. <laughs> Dude, we got to exchange information. By the way, I'm going to go ahead and do my social media plug. Please do. Um, um, I'm, I'm actually Twitter, yeah, the Frank Lester. Snapchat, yeah. the Frank Lester. That's the, D-T-H-E-F-R-A-N-K-L-E-S-T-E-R. If you follow me on Snapchat, be ready to see my dick. And... Uh, <laughs> Maybe, maybe your mom. <laughs> I can think of no better plug than that. That was the best social media plug I've ever and heard. So one that Kevin was appropriate in his skepticism of. <laughs> I was gonna say I feel completely justified. Kev was definitely like you could see the thought process in his head going, "Oh my god, am I getting dick pics? Am I getting dick pics? Am I getting dick pics?" <laughs> I mean, it's going to happen. It will happen. (laughs) Hey, you know what they say about dick pics. It's exactly (laughs) like chess. So don't send them unless you're prepared to uh, play the game. That's what they say, right? People say that? I I try and do it only after hot showers. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) Which explains a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, Frank the Tank Lester is a name well earned. It's Go true. Ahead. And if you were confused as to any reason as to why him and Bubba McDaniel were roommates, uh, I think by the end of this interview, I think everything done. explains yeah. itself. Confusion over. Yeah. <laughs> we're all set there. Uh, Frank, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Bubba co- compliment each other extremely well. Yes, especially in the looks department. We will have to absolutely talk to you again. Follow him on Twitter, the Frank Lester. If you're in Birmingham or you have the internet, no excuse not to watch his fight on 4-19-2014, April 19th, people. Check it out. Frankie, the Tank Lester. Thanks again a lot for coming on the podcast, Frank. Yeah, absolutely. I fun. Thanks, guys. No, ref. One of these days, we're gonna figure out how to get people just to come out of their comfort zone because mm, we just we put Frankie Lester in a real 
locker of confiscation. It's uh, they just get intimidated. I think is what happens. I, that's probably more what it is than anything. Obviously, Raph and I are doing what we do, which is be in jest. That was awesome. This is the part of the show where Raph and I talk about the guest. I've told you that I really want to do a show on Showtime about like late 90s period piece about an up-and-coming amateur MMA fighter slash bartender. Mm, okay. I don't think you have, but go for it. Early L.A. I'm pitching you. Okay. Early L.A., right on the outskirts, trying to do it as like before MMA really hits, he's teaching jiu-jitsu, he's teaching boxing, he's got a kid with a woman that it's just a lot of passion, but they can't make it work. Mm-hmm. And he's coming up through the fight game trying to be a fighter. That's his passion. Living on the beach, of course, getting into all sorts of shenanigans. Well, I think Frankie Lester's one of those people we could steal stories from to kind of put them on the paper, and we heard a few of them. <laughs> They're crazy. Well, we did. And, you know, he's he's funny. I think he also has a way of of really, really making things sound uh, crazy. Like, I'm pretty sure if a different person said <laughs> this story, you'd probably be like, oh, that didn't happen. But when he talks about it, you go, no, no, this definitely happened. It's a matter of when and oh my God, and tell us more. And it, it, it makes the story that much more interesting. So it was a lot of fun hearing him get to talk a little bit like that. Absolutely. And now it's time for some shout it out to the world. Yeah. Shout outs. <laughs> Shout and out. Mm-hmm. I go first. BJJ and MMA Academy out there in Chantilly, of course. Getting a lot of time in the mats. We got a seminar coming up. It's never been a better time to swing by if you're in the area and get some rolling in. Uh, a lot of tough guys on the mats right now. Mm. So it's it's been a ton of fun with some new people. Uh, between Kevin, Mick, Brian... I'll give them a little shout-out, a little new guy. Shout-out, you call him you a little new guy? No, I'm just saying my segment, the little new guy shout-out. Mm, just okay. like a new guy shout-out program that I'm starting. That's okay. I've never done before. We should work on Of course, to Rob and Nick, with their upcoming news, we're going to have some new black belts in the gym. Huzzah! Rap. That's awesome! Yeah, great instructors, great brown belts. Just been very helpful throughout my entire jiu-jitsu career. So it'll be a ton of fun. Look forward to more on that. No concept jiu-jitsu out in Maryland. Doing great work as usual. Can't wait to see them at the seminar. To the people that came over and fight watched with me. Oh, man, we had a blast. Like Everyone was just sort of crying, laughing most of the time. So Marcus, Karen, Andrew, Victoria, and Jerry. And, of course, Jerry's last because I was screaming at him for 30 minutes. Why were you so screaming quiet. at him? Just because he's quiet, and I was like, quit disrespecting, Andrew and I were picking on him for no reason. Just like, quit disrespecting me in my house. And Andrew would be like, talk to him. Say something, Jerry. Come on. So we were just like ganging up on him. <laughs> what, a, what a bonding experience. Also, <laughs> it's a, fight people. You, this was, you were hosting it at your house? Yes. Oh, okay. So that's why he was disrespecting you at your house. Yes. Okay. I was not clear on that. No, I wasn't like Hooters <laughs> screaming. I don't. This is my house. I mean, respect me. It's still, it doesn't make the story any better on your part. It's just a matter of clarity so that we know exactly how insane you sound. Super helpful for all those listening, Raph, once again. And if you missed anything I said here, listen to Raph's impression of me and the uh, new uh, Open uh, Matt Radio coming up. Whenever. Dickhead. He's I, The thing is, whenever. he told me he just goes, 
uh, you know, Paul in his very Paul way just goes, uh, well, you know, Raph, uh, I'm not really sure when this is going to come out. Uh, we might put this as a bonus episode. And I was like, uh, do what you want, dude. I don't, I don't care. There are obviously people more important than me. And he's just like, no, 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 you're, you're very important. And I think it's, it's a great podcast. It's people are going to love it. And I was like, thanks, Paul. I know I'm amazing. Blah, blah, blah. And he'll be releasing the first three hours Mm -hmm. and then the next three hours Mm -hmm. followed by the final six hours all in a box DVD set. That's for right. Those looking to get it signed It'll be sponsored by, by Tapcast Studios. Time Life Magazine. <laughs> Good stuff. And don't forget, Raph and I have that new Technique VHS coming out in just a month. Oh man, so cannot wait for tuned. that. Can't wait. <laughs> Final shout out goes to BJJ Finder, the world's premier jujitsu locator site. Head on over to bjjfinder.com. Download the app. On Itiones, BJJ Finder. You just plug in your address, you find gyms, schools, everything you need to get training right away wherever you are. That's going to do it for me, Rafa Sparza. <laughs> are you ready? I am. Are you ready? I am. Thank you. You're but welcome. You've never really built it up that big before. No. <laughs> I'm trying to take a little page out of the Jackson book. I did hear the Donald Cerrone uh, inflection there. Good job. Thank you. All right, here we go. Let's start with this. We've got an open mat coming up at Valley Martial Arts Center. VMAC, VMAC. <laughs> a little show tunesy. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, there's a open mat, a uh, women's open mat on April 6th. You guys can come check that out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of good people are starting to put together and, and donate geese uh, through that. It's going to be a really, really good event. So it's Valley Martial Arts Center. If you're in North Hollywood, definitely come check it out. And if you're in the area, come train with us. It's the best place in the world to train, aside from BJJ and MMA Academy out in Chantilly. Am I right? Virginia? Boom. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) So if you can't train with Kevin out in the East, train with me out in the West. It is so much fun. And uh, props to all the guys who are training this week. And big props to Chris for taking his first class. So let's go down and talk about Paul Moran. I guess we should shout you out because I was on your podcast. I guess it was okay, mostly because I was on it. Uh, but Paul is maybe one of the best advocates in the jiu-jitsu community for a uh, really good podcast. He's a big champion of this podcast and other people's stuff too. He really pushes it really hard. So I think it's only fair to say to you guys, go listen to his stuff at openmatradio.com. We're also going to give big shout-outs to the good people over at Five specifically at five grappling paul and diane those guys you see them from the minute you walk in they're hustling and they're working their ass off and (laughs) you can tell that when one of their heads comes over to me and goes hey dude like at the end of the night he goes how come i didn't see you earlier i go i didn't want to ruin your day like (laughs) you're in charge of doing stuff busy and if i come over and go hey joke 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 (laughs) yeah (laughs) a terrible thing for you to have to put up with. And he just laughs. He's like, no, it's good to see you. And, and you know, he he was tired but just was putting everything he had into the event. So that that's the kind of thing I like seeing when I go to these these tournaments. And, and a lot of good people who helped put it together. Like, they had a lot of really good helpers. So uh, props to them. Props to Octavio, uh, my camera guy, who is by part now, Kevin, part of the Verbal Tap family. We gave him a T-shirt Octavio. yesterday. Oh, 
Uh, Welcome to the Verbal Tab family. He was... Remember, Octavio, fighting is way easier from outside the He knows that every single day. I'm just making sure. Uh, Bernelli is a great training partner, but he was also really good on the camera, helped us out. It was a blast to do this second time covering an event with him, and I foresee us doing many more with him. And, uh, you know, Kevin and I wanted to end shout-outs with a really big shout-out to Scotty Nelson from onthemat.com. While we were recording this podcast, we were listening in to a really cool webinar that Scotty put together for the community of people who want to put together a geese uh, or who have always wanted to brand out their their jiu-jitsu apparel. And Scotty basically spoke for three hours about it and how you can improve your brand and, and did it for free. And that's how you know this guy is giving back to the community. So please go, go, go. Check out on the map. This guy sort of wrote the book on that stuff too, which is really cool. Yeah. And he's always been undeniably nice to the two of us. So uh, we definitely want to push you guys over there. It looks like they've got some things going up uh, in relation to the webinar that they're going to keep plugging for their site and helping out people and reaching out to people who want to do things and have a cool lifestyle of actually making a living doing jujitsu, not just for practicing and competing but who also know that their brands and clothing and how they want to contribute to the growing culture that is so we're, we're big proponents and support that so to scotty and the good folks at on the mat thank you guys very much absolutely five grappling ufc 170 and of course frank the tank lester this is verbal tap i'm kevin thanks for listening good night and goodbye Love, what are we going to do with it? Do you know that song?